Welcome to the Next Level Youth Podcast. Here you will find sermons and content from Next Level Youth. We meet every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. at the Palace of Praise Church. We hope this content challenges and encourages you in your walk of faith. Let's grow in Christ together. Quick review. We started off by asking a couple rhetorical questions, well, many rhetorical questions, really. And I asked, in this year, in this coming year, in 2023 and beyond, what do you have cooking up? What is on your agenda? What plans have you made? What plans have you had? Even if you wrote them down, maybe they're just in your, heart, in your mind or your heart, whatever they are, what are they? And then I asked, how did you come up with those plans? This is how we started last week. How did you come up with those plans? Or I also ask, and or who came up with those plans? Did you birth those plans in you? Did you put them on you? Did you come up with them? Or did God birth them in you? That's how we started, which is really some heavy questions. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. This was our, one of our texts from last week. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it's, End is destruction. The end of its way is death. That's some hefty words. That's some hefty words. There's, a, there's ways that seem right to us, but God's way is the only way, and His way is the only way that leads to life. Now, I, remember, I'm not hitting everything. I'm not explaining everything deeply, but just a quick review. We have the freedom. You have the freedom to try to do what you would like. You have that freedom. You have that freedom to make plans and go after them. The, the question continues to be, who's in the middle of all your plans? Is it you or is it God? Then we made a couple pretty hefty statements. Is your mind going yet? I'm going to try to go fast and we'll get in some new material. First thing we said about God's plans is that God has a perfect will for your life. God has a perfect will will for your life. We also said this, God wants to be a lot more involved in your plans, in your life, than you might think. Surrendering our own will and following his will for us is absolutely foundational in our faith. Matthew 16, 24 and 25 says, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever puts to death his own will in his own way will find life. That's the call of Christ. This is foundational to us. That our lives aren't meant to be our own. That we really aren't meant to be our own guide and can be in control of everything. That God is asking us to continually pick up our cross and submit more and more of ourselves to Him. If you're a big Carrie Underwood fan, God is asking you to just slowly let go of the wheel. Old song. Maybe you know it. Maybe you know it. Maybe you don't. You want me to sing it? Jesus, take the wheel. You know what I mean? Go look it up. My version's better. Anyway, I got a full version on SoundCloud. Anyway, God's... <laughs> oh, no, no, man. You just have to go play it. Search me. Um, it's called Zach Raps. That's my Spotify. Um, or SoundCloud, sorry. I get confused. 
I got a few aliases. So God's asking you to proverbially just take more and more of your hands off the wheel. That's what he's doing. Anyway, get back to the serious stuff. Then, almost done with the review, then we went to Acts 9, 1 through 30. In Acts 9, 1 through 30, we see the conversion of Paul. Paul was killing Christians. He was arresting them. It literally just says like words like Paul, or excuse me, Saul was ravaging the church. He was causing mayhem. He was after people who professed Christ. He wanted to see them. What he believed deserved arresting and death and punishment. That's what he believed. But the Bible says in verse 3 of chapter 9, it says that Saul was going his own way. He was going his own way. He was following his own plans. And then what happened? God interrupted Saul's plans. We'll read it here in just a minute. What happened? He interrupted him. He got Saul's attention. Saul listened. Saul submitted. So he started to follow God. He left his own way, followed God's way. We see that from the very get-go of Saul submitting to Christ. And then what happens? The enemy tries to interrupt God's plan that Saul, that he had for Saul. We see that. So it goes interruption from God. You with me? Attention. Listen. Submit or submission. Interruption. And then we find ourselves tonight. Last, last week we didn't talk much about Ananias. You remember Ananias in the story? We're going to go and read those verses. We're going to read verse 1 through 18. And then we're going to dive into verses 10 through 18. And we're going to pull out six, six big ideas, six big thoughts. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. If you're not ready, I am ready. I will march forward. I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? It's a a scripture. All right, let's pray. Don't talk to me right now. I'm busy. Acts 9, 1 through 18. This is what it says. There we go. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, So that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound. He might arrest them and bring them to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, his way, he approached Damascus. And suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise, enter the city, and you'll be told what you're to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he saw saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Then we see Ananias coming to the story. There was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias... And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight at the house of Judas and look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. He has seen a vision. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings 
and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes. He regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. So tonight, once again, we're covering verse 10 through 18. And we're focusing on the side of Ananias. And we're going to learn a little bit more about how we can learn about God's plans for us. And how we are to respond when God tells us to do something. And we're going to learn more. But that's what we're doing. That's our goals tonight. And we're just going to jump right in. The first thing I'll say is this. Big idea number one. God does not have to interrupt you. God does not have to interrupt you if he already has your attention, if you're already listening, and you're already submitting to his plan and his will for your life. God doesn't have to interrupt you. He didn't have to interrupt Ananias. Ananias was going about his day and God just spoke to him. He didn't have to stop Ananias from what he was doing, but that's what happened with Saul, was it not? Saul was going his own way and God had to interrupt him. But if we're in tune with God... If we're following Jesus Christ, if we have a prayer life and we know God's will for us and we know what the Bible says we're to do, God does not have to interrupt us. So our prayer should be this. God, don't make me have to be interrupted. I don't want to have to be interrupted so you can get my attention. I don't need red flags. I don't need you to come down and smoke me with your light where I don't see for three days. If that happens to you, you need to tell somebody. Anyway... I just want to be so in tune with you that you don't have to interrupt me. You have my attention. I will listen, and I will submit. That should be our prayer. And that's big idea number one. Number two is this. we got to move fast. Number two is this. If you know God, if you drop that phone, you better be taking notes on that phone. And if it's an iPhone, in Jesus' name, let it die. Let it die, and let it go back to the pits of hell where it was birthed, in Jesus' name. Just kidding. All right. Sorry. I just felt the spirit in that. Number two, if you know God, you know his voice. If you know God, you know his voice. Saul didn't have a relationship with God. He did not know the voice of God. He had never heard it before. So when God speaks, what does Saul say in verse 5? What does he say? He says, who are you, Lord? I don't know who you are, but you're powerful. You're big. So he knew how to address him. He knew this must be the Lord of the earth. But he didn't know who he was. But what about Ananias in verse 10? God simply just asked to say his name. God says, Ananias... And what does Ananias say? What does he say? He says, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Ananias knew God's voice. Ananias could pick God's voice out of the crowd. He knew it well, and God knew him well. And when God started talking to Ananias, Ananias knew exactly who was talking to him. He already knew. 
In, in John 10, and we'll probably talk about this next week a little bit, Jesus talks about how he, he, he refers to himself as the good shepherd. And he says that every one of his kids are like his sheep. And he takes care of his sheep. And you can go read John 10 and, and dig into this a little bit. And we'll talk hopefully about it a little more next week. But John 10, 27, Jesus says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow. My sheep hear my voice, my sheep know my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I can't overstate how pivotal it is that you, as a follower of Jesus Christ, know God's voice. It is so important for us to know the difference between God's voice, our own voice, other people's voice, and the voice of the enemy. It is absolutely pivotal. It is absolutely, I can't overstate the importance of this. And maybe you're in this place tonight and you say, I struggle with that. That's me. I, I don't know how to tell the difference. Come back next week. And Lord willing, that's what we're going to talk about is how to know God's voice, how to know it's Him, how to discern it, how to do it. We'll talk more about that next week, okay? Number three. Big idea number three from these verses. God's plans don't always make sense. God's plans don't always make sense because when God told Ananias, I need you to go and pray for Saul, what was his response? What did he say? Well, he said a lot of things, but it, in essence, he said, in the message version, it says, you want me to do what? I don't know if it says that in the message version. You want me to do what, God? Do you know who you're talking about? Let's read it. Verse 13. Let's read it again, because you already forgot. I know you did. Ananias said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. How much evil he has done to your saints of Jerusalem. He has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. And I said, I've heard about this guy. I know his reputation. I know how much evil he has done towards you and your sheep. I know that he has authority from powerful men to do what he is doing. I know he's not running alone. I know he's got a posse with him. And he did, did he not? He was headed to Damascus with a posse. They would turn the Glock sideways, kill shot. That's the guys he was running with. Anyway, it's tough in the streets. Yeah. What he, he's like God. Back to it. God, are, are you sure that's what you want me to do? When God speaks his plans to his children... They don't always seem rational. They just don't. They just don't always seem logical or maybe make sense. But God isn't limited to logic or rationale. He's not. Our God is a supernatural God who does supernatural things that defy all logic. That's what He does. That's who He is. The God who actually created logic can defy it if he wants. So when God speaks something to you in his word or by his voice that seems illogical to you, don't be afraid of it. 
Don't think that doesn't make a lot of sense. You can think it, but ultimately, don't let it scare you. And what I really mean to say is don't let it keep you from doing what God asked you to do. I could spend the next 30 minutes, maybe longer, literally, when I say this, I mean it, about and, and just tell you all the things God told me to do and the things God asked me not to do and how it made no sense, but how he was just in it all. In your seat, I thought, I'm going to Three Rivers for two years. I've told you this before, maybe. And then I'm going to Lee. God says, you're not going to Lee. I've had people say, hey, you need to get your bachelor's degree. I always thought when I was a kid, I'd at least get my bachelor's degree. God doesn't want me to get my bachelor's degree. Now, maybe tomorrow, he'll, he'll start to lead me that way. But I've had a lot of people try to get me to. I've had people come to me with opportunities to do things. Things that seem good. Things that make sense. Not bad things, good things. And God say no. And it didn't make sense. And I'll just be honest with you. I just saw two days ago, even more so, God revealed to me, hey, did you see what I kept you from? A good opportunity that seemed good, but I said no, and you didn't get it in the moment. But did you see now? That was over a year ago. Doesn't always make sense, y'all. But trust God. You can trust that he knows what's best. I've said it before many times. I'll say it again. If it's not God's will, you don't want it. If God speaks something to you, he will work supernaturally in and through you and see it come to pass. Just trust him. Big idea number four is this. Number four is this. You can question God's plans, but don't fight them. You can question God's plans, but don't fight them. Ananias, what happens? Verse 13 and 14. He asks questions. He brings up his concerns. God listens to him. God doesn't cut him off mid-sentence and say, hey, shut up, boy. I've heard enough from you. That didn't happen. God lets him speak. God lets him offer up his concerns. He let him. He didn't stop him. But ultimately, Ananias, God tells Ananias, I, I promise, this is what, this is my plan. This is what you need to do. He questioned it, but he didn't resist it. And he didn't fight it off and he didn't run from it. When God shows you what he has for you, don't fight it. Don't run away. That's what Jonah did. Go read the story. God says, Jonah, do this. Jonah runs the other way. And what does God do? He interrupts him. And then he interrupts him again. Don't resist it. Don't run from it. Submit to it. Don't fight it. Man, guys, I'm 31. I'll be honest. I'm 31, and I've seen people called into certain things, and they, they're still running from it. They're still running. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Submit, even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it doesn't make sense.
Number five, we're moving fast. I need an applause for that. No, don't. No, don't, 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 don't. Why did I say that? I don't ever say that. I take it back. I take it back in Jesus. Forgive me, Lord. I hate that stuff. Anyway, I'm sorry. I really do. Such a dingus. This point, you might not feel like it fits, but I want you to go with me for a minute. It does fit. God's plans for you always involve others. This is important. I'm going to explain. God's plans for you always involve others. What God wants to do in and through you isn't just about you. God doesn't, I've, God doesn't need to use you. Christians don't like to hear this. It's not fun to swallow sometimes, but embrace this truth and it frees you. God does not need to use you. He wants to. And God has a plan, and He graces us to be able to be a part of what He wants to do. That's how it works. God is so in love with you. God cares about you so much, everyone in this room, and God wants to know you. However, that does not mean, that does not mean that God's world revolves around you. God loves you. His affections are towards you. It doesn't mean that his world revolves around you. Everything revolves around him. And what he wants to do in and through you goes beyond you. God used Ananias as an instrument to be a part of Saul's story. God speaks to Ananias and he says, go see Saul. Sorry, I keep changing their names. Saul's name is later changed to Paul. And that is important, but we're not going to get into it right now. So Saul, Paul, if I say those two names, they're the same guy. I apologize. To pray for him. His sight's restored and he's baptized with the Holy Spirit. Instrumental part of Saul's story. And Saul's story is an instrumental part of our story. What does God say? Why does he say he, he's doing this in Saul? What does he say? Verse 15 and 16. You asleep out there? Verse 15 and 16. What does it say? The Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine. To carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. That's why God saved him. God saved him because he loved him. But God also had a plan for him. And God's plan for you and God saving you is meant to be more than just be about you. God wants to do something in and through you. That's for his glory and for his kingdom. I'm going to say this and we'll move on to point six. If you are in the center of your plans, God's not in your plans. If you are the one in the center of your plans, God's not in your plans. And if your plans are all about you, God's not in your plans.
It's like, and I've used this example before, but when I was prepping, this is what come to mind. You remember in school, they start talking, I said this a few weeks ago, they start talking to you about careers, right? And then you look at the pay scale, and then you look at the jobs that need people, and you're trying to figure it out when you're in fifth grade, because that's when you understand the world. And what does everybody pick? Anesthesiologist. I'm going to be an anesthesiologist. Oh, wow. Bro, you got an F in science, dog. What do you mean? You got held back. No offense, but I don't know if that's God's plan for you. Maybe your teacher sucked, and if that's the case, I'm sorry. But I don't want no anesthesiologist that's a 21-year-old senior in high school. Do you? That's not God's plan for you. If you struggle with science, you're not going to be an anesthesiologist. I'm sorry to let you down. But if, if that, I'm sorry, I speak it in, Je- I'll speak it in Jesus' name. I'll tell you again. I'll tell it to your face. Where are you? There you go. Anyway, later, after church, when your mom's not around. Anyway. Oh, that's funny. America. Um, you get what I mean? I don't... I don't That plan, what's that about? It's all about you. That's what that is. That's what, I don't know what you said, but was it tongues? I don't know. I need an interpretation. Moving on to point six, and that is this. Have faith in God's plans. America. Have faith in God's plans. Verse 17 and 18 says this. Ananias departed, entered the house, laying his hands on him, and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes. He regained his sight, and then he rose and was baptized. Ananias didn't linger. He went. When God said go, he went. And when he went, he didn't stand on the porch and say, can I talk to Saul? I don't want to come in and bodge in the house. No, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid. He walks in the house full of authority from God Almighty. Walks in. And what's the first thing he said to Saul? He said, Brother Saul. Brother Saul, the man who had killed his brothers and his sisters and arrested him, he addresses him and he says, Brother Saul, I know you've been saved. I know you're one of mine now. And what does he do? He lays his hands on him. He lays his hands on him. In a much different way than Saul had laid his hands on his brothers. He lays his hands on him, receives his sight, and he's baptized in the Holy Spirit. Ananias wasn't confident in himself. He was confident in God. And he was confident in God's plans. His faith wasn't in his qualifications, his gifting, himself. His faith was in God, and that is why God was able to use him. If your faith's in yourself and your own gifting, it's, it's 
difficult. You're not, uh, you're not going to be, I, I'm so careful to say that, this, because God can do what he wants. But we need to, ah, let me retract a little bit. We need to be positioned in a place where God can easily speak to us and us submit, where we get out of his way and we surrender to his way. But some of our heads are so big because what we've done in the past that God has a hard time using us because God resists the proud, but he lifts up the humble. That's what I meant to say. And notice, notice this, we're almost done. Seriously. He didn't walk in his house with his own agenda. This is important. He didn't do anything more than God asked him to do, and he didn't do anything less than God asked him to do. He did exactly what God asked him to do. And that's important. Because when you're following God's will, it can be easy to get in your head and get confident, and then you start to kind of go your own way. And then when people see you confident and see God using you, then they begin to tell you, hey, you know what? I think God wants you to do this. And... It sounds good, seems good, but it wasn't God's plan for you at all. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you for tuning in. God bless.